Today I want to talk about the reality of this. Even though you're saved and even though you serve God, the truth of the matter is there's a conflict and a struggle that's not uncommon, even if you're saved. Um, just, just, just because you get saved does not mean the struggle the struggle ends. And sometimes us as pre preachers, we kind of communicate that idea that, hey, get saved and everything's going to be perfect, but that's not, that's not Bible. So we're going to talk about that struggle and that conflict that takes place, not, not, not the external stuff that comes against you, and we all deal with that, but I'm going to talk about today the, the internal uh, struggle or conflict and that of being or making the decision between good and evil, right or wrong. Uh, we're going to look in the book of Romans today. And uh, in the book of Romans, uh, let me just give you some backdrop. The Apostle Paul is writing and he's communicating and he's defining the salvation experience, a powerful book if you want to know really what happened uh, when you gave your life to Jesus. And in, in chapters 5 and 6, he begins to talk about being saved and how grace plays a marvelous work in your life. And, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, he shifts gears. And uh, it gets really real in chapter 7. And in chapter 7, he begins to talk about a conflict. He begins to talk about a struggle or a war uh, that still exists even after you get saved. In fact, in fact the struggle uh, that Paul talks about is actually initiated the moment you get saved. And so if us preachers would be really honest with people, people might think twice about getting saved. But because we don't tell people the truth and they don't know how to handle the conflict and the struggle that takes place or the war that happens the moment I surrender my life to Jesus. So we're going to talk about that today. And in Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about the struggle, and we're going to read it. And I think you're going to be able to identify. It says, verse 14, we'll read several verses here. It says, for we know that the law is spiritual, and, but I'm carnal. I'm sold under sin. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Now remember, this person's saved. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me. I'm saved. I thought I got rid of sin. But Paul is saying there's still an issue of sin in me. That this, this is crazy. crazy. Paul is saying I've gotten saved, but there's still a sin problem. And, and, and people would say, you mean to tell me that, that, that when I get saved, I don't get free from sin? No. Who, who told you that? You're forgiven of your sin, but it takes some effort and some work and some revelation and some understanding and some good habits to get free from sin. In verse 18, he says, For I know that in me, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Wow. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. How many of you know that's a lot of do's? Verse 20, for if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that evil, evil is present. This ain't talking about a devil. This is talking about your flesh. 
that evil is present with me, and the one who wills to do good is with me. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity. Captive Christians, can you believe it? Saved on your way to heaven. Captive Christians, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Verse 24, that's where we're going to get the title of our message today. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul is saying the thing, I, I, this, this thing is tormenting me. I want to do right, and I keep doing wrong. Who will deliver me from this misery? In fact, the New Living Translation in verse 24 says it like this. Oh, what a miserable person I am. What a miserable person I am. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer, come on, there's some answer, there's some help today. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. Everybody shout Jesus Christ. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now we're going to drop down to verse 5 and 6, Romans chapter 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit... Here's where we want to go today, if we can get there. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, here it is, is life and peace. Man, I'm telling you, that's what we want. That's what we need. That's what we're believing for. Do you know how many people today are on anxiety medication just to try to find some peace? Come on. Do you know how many people are talking to, 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 to counselors trying to find some peace? Do you know how many people are drinking and smoking and doing just trying to find some peace? Yet God says, I have some peace and some life for you. And it's not in a bottle and it's not in a doctor. Come on. It's not in what you're smoking. Come on. We're going to find out how to get that life and peace in our life. So, Father, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Let me just let you know up front here, uh, it's going to be kind of instructional. We're going to teach a little bit today, but we need to get some understanding. The Bible says in all you're getting, get understanding. So sometimes we just need to listen we need to grow in understanding and get some new data and some knowledge. What I'm getting ready to share with you is absolutely so simple, but it's the most revolutionary information that you could ever find once you have gotten saved. So if you're looking for real change in your life, uh, I have some answers for you today in this, this message. Uh, the Apostle Paul, once again, has been detailing or explaining in the book of Romans, again, the Christian spirit. And uh, in the previous chapters, he's talked about uh, salvation. He's talked about the, the work of grace. But again, in chapter 7, hear it. In chapter 7, he begins to describe a conflict, a struggle that takes place after you get saved. In fact, the truth of the matter is, in chapter 7... Paul is actually admitting to his own personal struggle after he got saved. He says, I have this conflict between my desires and my actions. Paul says, I've been saved. Jesus is living in me. I want to do the right thing. 
but I keep doing the wrong thing. I love Jesus with all of my heart, but I keep finding myself in the same mess, the, 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 the same problems, the same situations, doing the same old things. He says my behavior, my behavior is in conflict with my wants. I can't even tell you why I do what I do. Now, I don't know about you, when I hear that and when I read that, it makes me feel a whole lot better about myself. How about you? Does that help anybody today? Come on, don't get quiet on me. Are you here today? That helps me. Paul says, my inward man has a life that it wants me to live. It delights in God. It wants to do what God wants me to do. It loves Jesus. But Paul said, there's something else in me. He calls it my flesh. It's, my, it's the nature of my flesh, and it has another life it wants for me. My flesh nature, he says, delights in sin. It wants to do what is wrong, and it's constantly working against me, trying to drag my life back into captivity. And Paul concludes, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. He says, I'm tormented. I'm miserable. I'm a Christian, but I'm being held captive. And Paul says, this, this is a horrible way to live. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Do, do, do you know this describes so many church-going people? Captive Christians, saved but still living under the bondage of what they used to be. So getting saved, according to Paul, didn't end the war. It actually initiated a war in your life. Now, to understand everything that Paul is talking about, we're going to have to understand the anatomy of humanity. Um, and and I've, used, I've got some props up here to kind of help keep you awake since you lost an hour of sleep. And uh, these are going to help us to describe um, uh, the, the, the anatomy of, of a human. Uh, let me just read in 1 Thessalonians because, because what you need to understand is you're a triune being. There's three parts to who you are. You're, 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 you're three-dimensional. In fact, in Thessalonians 5.23, it tells us that. It says, may the God of peace set you apart for himself. May every part of you, your entire, entire being, be set apart for God. What is my entire being? May your spirit, there it is, and your soul and your body be kept complete. There's three parts to you. First and foremost, you are a spirit. Now, now they did their, 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 their work last week to get a good pick of me working out, and uh, I know it don't look like it, but there's more under this shirt than you think. <laughs> Glory to God, that's what my wife goes home with right there. <laughs> so first and foremost, you are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. Come on, a little teaching here. Now, now your spirit, man, gives you, gives you a God consciousness. With your spirit, man, it connects you or makes you aware of God. God connects with you. You connect with God through your spirit. How many of you understand that? Now, here's what we need to understand is before you got saved, um, your spirit man was spiritually dead. Because of Adam's sin, the Bible said that became humanity's sin. And the result of Adam's sin is that the spirit man became spiritually dead. This is how we connect with God. But Adam's sin became our sin, so to be spiritually dead means that we are disconnected from 
God. This is the condition of humanity. We are a spirit, and with our spirit, we have God consciousness. It makes us aware of God. It connects us to God. God speaks to us, connects to us through our spirit. How many of you follow me? The next thing, the next part of you is a soul. Now, your soul houses your mind, your will, and your emotions. With your soul, it gives you self-consciousness. It, it makes you aware of your, yourself. Your, 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 your soul houses your mind, will, and emotions, and, and, and it gives you self-consciousness. So now you are aware of all your successes, all your failures, all your strengths, all your, all your weaknesses. Uh, it contains your intellect. It contains your, your memories. It contains your experiences, your passions, and your your desires. In, in, in the soul, you have uh, the ability to exercise your will. And here's what's really important about your soul. This, this, is, this is what you possess. It, 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 it is the decision maker for your life. Every decision that you make will happen, not here and not here, but every decision for your life happens right here in your soul. And your soul gives you self-consciousness so you are aware of everything that you have ever experienced, successes and failures and, and, and everything in life that you've ever, it is just downloaded into your, your soul. So with your soul, you have self-awareness. The Bible says then you, then, then you possess a, you have a body or you live in a body. We decided to, 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 to choose this one because this looks like some of you after losing an hour of sleep today. So, so, so God consciousness, my soul gives me self-consciousness. All my experiences, everything that I've ever done has been downloaded and logged right down into, into, into my soul. But now I, I, I have a body, and in my body, it gives me world consciousness. Because you have a body, you can have an earth experience. Without your body, you cannot have an earth experience. Because you're in a body, you know that this room is pleasant. You, you know the people that, that, that are beside you. You're aware uh, whether it's hot or cold. You, you aware, you're aware whether the person sitting next to you smells good or smells bad. Why? Because you have been given a body. It gives you an awareness of the earth. Just like if you went to the moon, you would have to have a moon suit, right, to survive on the moon. This body is not who you are. You have a body. This is what is, is giving you the ability to experience this earth. Now, 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 so this is God consciousness, but when Adam sinned, Adam sinned, listen, that sin became of all humanity's sin, and now we have become spiritually dead until we receive Jesus Christ. With your soul, your soul is your, your self-consciousness, but you need to understand it's your mind, will, and emotion, but your soul is broken. When Adam sinned, when he ate of the tree, listen, he didn't eat of an apple tree. The Bible said that was a knowledge tree. Are you with me? It was, a, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that knowledge ended up breaking our mind. Our minds are broken because of the tree that Adam ate at. Are you with me? This gives me world consciousness, but the Bible says that because of Adam's sin, that there is now a nature of sin in the body, in the flesh. That's the reason why you don't have to teach your kids how to steal and lie 
when they're two years old. They've already got it in their flesh suit. They've already got it in their, their body. So, so, so we, if we're going to understand what Paul's teaching here, we've got to understand the anatomy of, of, of mankind that you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body, and you're traveling through life with all three of these intact. Now, not only are you three-dimensional, but here's what most believers, they don't understand. Not only are you three-dimensional, but you're also getting saved in three different ways. Hear me. You're getting saved in three different dimensions. The Bible is very clear that when you get saved, what happens in your spirit is that instantly, in your spirit, man, instantly you are transformed. The Bible says that you have become a new. The moment you pray a prayer and surrender your life to Jesus, the moment you call on Jesus, the Bible says that your spirit, who you are, becomes instantly a new creation. The Bible says God's perfection and God's righteousness and God's spirit comes and lives on the inside of your spirit, man. So instantly now your spirit, man, wants to do everything that God wants to do. It wants to do every truth in the Bible. When, 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 the, when we get up here and say, hey, we need to give and tithe, this guy wants to do it. When we get up here and say, treat your wife's right, this guy wants to do it. Everything the Bible teaches, God's Spirit's already living on the inside, and you have a will and a desire. He says, with my inward man, I want to live for God. That's what happened when you got saved. But your body over here, when you got saved, the truth of the matter is, Nothing happened to your body. When you prayed that prayer and you got saved, you, you need to understand that nothing happened. Your body did not and cannot be saved on this earth. The Bible says, as a believer, when you die physically, what will happen is that the corruptible body will put on incorruption. Or another way it says, it says the mortality will put on immortality. The Bible teaches us that, that you are stuck with this body of sin until you die, but in your next life, you're going to get a new body, a body that wants to serve God, a body that wants to live for God, a body that does not have a sinful nature. But as long as you are on this earth, you are stuck with a body that will not and cannot get saved, and it wants to, run, it wants to ruin your life because there's the nature of sin on the inside. This guy does not want to go to church. He never wants to go to church. He doesn't want to tithe. He doesn't want to give. He doesn't want to love. He doesn't want to forgive. There's nothing. Paul says, there's nothing good in my, in my body. Some of you look in shock like you've never heard such a thing. As long as you're here on earth is what you need to understand. Your flesh and its sinful nature can still do all the crazy stuff that you did before you got saved. Right now, even as a Christian, you can still go out, ruin your life before the sun sets tonight. Because your flesh, if you allow it, it'll take you right back to every, every kind of ungodly thing that you've ever done. People think that when they get saved, that God removes all your desire of sin. That's not the Bible, church. You can get saved today, and by the time you get out to your car, you're still going to have the, as long as you got that ugly guy, you're going to have sinful desires. You'll still be thinking 
the wrong stuff and you'll still be wanting to say the wrong stuff. And God forbid, if somebody honks at you on the way home, you're still going to want to flip them off. Let's just be real with everybody. Why? Because it's not saved. It cannot get saved. And there's a nature of sin on the inside of it. And you're dragging that thing around everywhere that you go. Hmm. Why? Romans 7, 18 says, Paul said, we read it earlier. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. I know this might be sobering, but you gotta, you got to hear this. Come on, we got to learn this if we're going to move forward and get some peace in our life, right? He says, he says in my flesh, nothing good dwells. The Bible teaches that, that, that flesh has desires and passions and, and is driven by a sinful nature. In fact, if you want to do a study, you want to be real brave and bold. At Galatians chapter 5, it describes the sinful nature that is in your flesh. And it actually describes 17 lusts of the flesh or 17 desires of the flesh, what it wants to do on a regular basis. Let me, let me just throw some out to you. It wants to hate. Well, you already knew that, right? It wants to be angry. Well, we already knew that. Right? It wants to get in strife. It wants, it, 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 it's it, uh, one, of the, one of the desires is resentment and jealousy and murder and idolatry and sexual immorality. You're, you're carrying that thing all around everywhere you go. Wow. So in this life, the Bible teaches us that you have to take that flesh, you have to manage it, you have to subdue it, you have to control it, you have to conquer it, and you have to refuse to allow this ugly guy to run your life. The Bible says nothing good dwells in him. So listen to me. You will never see anything good in your life if nothing good is running your life. Oh, you ought to shout right there. I'm going to say that. You went right over some of you. You'll never see anything good in your life if Mr. No Good is running your, nothing good is in him. And we're wondering why our marriages are bad. And we're wondering why our relationships are bad. And we're wondering why our jobs are bad. Because nothing good is running our marriages. And nothing good is run. Oh, Jesus, you're not ready for this. Just trying to get excited. I'm helping somebody. We're wondering why our marriages are jacked up and we're wondering why our finances are. We're wondering why my life is nothing good. Well, if nothing good is running your life, then, then you're going to have a nothing good kind of, kind of life. Wow. So when I got saved, instantly the life of God, the righteousness of God, the desire of God, who I am, was born again instantly, immediately. I want to live for God. But the moment you got saved, nothing happened with your flesh, and nothing will happen until you go to heaven. You will spend eternity. Let me just say it this way. When, when, when you die here on earth, what do we do? We put this one in the ground, and these two live for eternity somewhere. So, a spirit... Came righteous, nothing happened with my flesh. What happened to my soul? The moment you got saved, again, nothing happened to your mind, your will, and emotions. The Bible says that your soul is in the process of being saved. In other words, it's got to catch up to what God did in your spirit instantly. Come on, this is where the struggle this is where the struggle is. This is why so many Christians are frustrated. It's because they have a right heart, 
and a wrong head. Are, are you with me? They thought the moment they got saved that they, their life would turn around, but your life cannot turn around until your head begins to think differently. You have to understand that, again, our minds have been infected. These minds have been affected not by the apple tree. Go read it in Genesis. It was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God never intended for his human to eat of that tree. Right? But the moment Adam ate of it, it infected our souls. It affected our minds. We now have a broken mind. And now your mind has to, be, has to catch up to what God is doing, has done in your spirit. So your mind is in a process of being saved. Let me prove it to you in James 1.21. Is everybody okay? Come on. Just, how many of you give me just a few more moments? I, come on. We're in the weeds here. This will help you. Come on. What are we trying to do? We're trying to get that miserable Christian out of my life. In James 1.21, notice what it says concerning your soul. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the, what? The implanted word, which is able to do what? Save your souls. Did, did you catch that? Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow. Well, that sounds like my flesh. How am I going to do that? I'm glad you asked. Go ahead and start planting the Word of God in your life. Start planting the Word of God in, in your what? In your soul. This guy wants to do evil. He wants to ruin your life. And God says, here's how we're going to deal with this guy over here is we're going to have to get this guy caught up to where your spirit is. And how do we do that? How do we start saving this middle guy? This is your soul. How do we start saving your mind, your will? Do you know how many soulish problems are in this earth and we're trying to fix them with the wrong thing? I'm here to tell you, your, your mind, your soul can be fixed by the word of all. You want peace? Get the word planted into your soul. It says receive that implanted word. Not the occasional word you hear. It's, it's intentional to plant something. That's what we're doing here today. If you'll, if you'll allow us, we're planting the word into your, we're changing the way you think so you can get caught up to what God has already done in your spirit, man. So your soul, your head, your thinking is all being saved. It's a process by the word of God. That's the reason why we encourage you to, to read your Bible. You need a relationship with your Bible. Around here at Celebration, we read a chapter every day. If, you, if, you're not, if you're not a part of that, make sure at guest services or, or, or connect point, go out there and get the chapter. We read it. Why? Because we're planting the word of God. We're saving our souls. Go on our church app. Find the we Here at Celebration, we read a chapter every day. Why? Because we're getting our souls, our souls saved. We see this in Romans 12 too, concerning our souls. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't, don't be conformed to this Desire of the flesh, right? How am I going to do that? Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Uh, if I can have my keyboard player back, give me some mood music, wake some of you up here. I'm not done. We're going to land this ship right here. We're going we're to do this thing. Notice here he says the transformation doesn't happen when you pray the prayer. Be transformed by, not by praying a prayer, be transformed by, by the renewing of your. You want to transform life? You got to start 
renewing the way you think because your mind is broken. It's been infected by the wrong kind of knowledge. And transformation is going to take place in me as I get that word into my soul, into my mind. When you make a decision to and this is huge here, hear this statement. When you make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, that decision secures eternal life. And typically, that's what most churches deal with. Hey, just, let's just get them to heaven, right? So all you need to do is pray a prayer, and you're going to have a struggle because we're not going to teach you the rest of this. But, but pray a prayer, and when you die, at least we get to celebrate the fact you're in heaven and not hell. So, 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 so surrendering your life, calling upon the Lord, it secures your eternal destiny. You don't have to work for it. It's God's grace. Jesus paid the price. It's not of works, lest any man shall boast. It's just simply saying yes to what Jesus did. And you're heaven bound. But the truth of the matter is the quality of your life upon this earth is going to be determined by your willingness to renew your mind that is broken to the Word of God. You'll never start experiencing the peace. You're always going to have to drink that drink. You're always going to have to smoke that smoke. You're always going to have to take that pill until you get serious about, about, about saving your soul, about planting the Word of God in your soul. You will not see any transformation in your life here. You'll not have the quality of life, the abundant life, the good kind of life until you start working that Word and changing the way you think. Because the problem is, is that Adam's sin became our sin, and we don't think like God anymore. In fact, the Bible says, my ways are not your ways. That's the reason why when, when we say, hey, God says to give the dime every dollar, the, well, the devil is a liar. Hell with that. That's just the normal thinking. Like, hey, all that preacher wants is my money. We don't want your money, really. Come on, give me a break. Like, we really want your 10 cents. But see, we, we don't think like that because our mind has been broken, and now we think carnally. God says, get my word, get my truth, and start programming I mean, your, down drive, your, your hard drive. Get it caught up to what has transpired in your heart. You don't just wake up and want to love and forgive and, and make breakfast for your wife. You, no, but when you, oh, Jesus. See, when you change the way you think, you'll start... Shall we go on? Can you handle a little bit more? Can I wrap this up? Are you done? Some of you looking like that guy. We're trying to get rid of that guy. So Paul said, man, I'm, I've got a conflict going. I got saved. And I'm miserable. <laughs> I'm a miserable Christian. I'm a grouchy Christian. I'm a frustrated Christian. And we got him coming every week. Showing up without a, without a smile, without any joy. Because we didn't realize we're getting saved in three different parts. Come on, church. There, there's no peace. There's no peace just staying here. You got to get on over here. And, and here's, here's what I need you to say. Paul is saying, 
my soul, my mind is caught in the middle. I have this desire to do good. I, I want to do good, but I keep doing stupid things. Come on, has anybody ever lived that kind of life? And I read that, I say, man, that, that's the story of my life. I have the right heart, but the wrong head. And, it, and, and, and my, head, my head keeps agreeing with my flesh. I want to do right. The inward part, oh, God, I want to do it right. But I keep finding myself doing what is wrong. What in the heck is going on with my life? I'll tell you what's going on. This guy is caught in the middle. And the truth of the matter is, before you got saved, this guy's not even in the picture. So these two are married. <laughs> and boy, can they live life, right? And they're, they're, they're just having it up, man. They're partying and they're going and they're, they're doing all the crazy stuff, which is okay as long as you're not saved. But the moment you got saved, you got a problem. Because now there's something in you that wants to do right. There's something in you that wants to live right. There's something in you that's crying out. Come on, there's something. There's, uh, I was built. I was made. I was born for something greater. So now, so now your spirit man is sending impulses. And your flesh nature is sending impulses. Come on. And these are warring. The Bible says in Galatians, that actually the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. There's a battle going on. What are they battling for? They're battling for this guy right here because where your head goes is where your life goes. Let, let me show you. Romans 7, 25, I think we're close. Paul says, I'm miserable. I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I can't, I, I'm tired of this, Paul. What are we going to do? He, get, he does it. Listen, he, he, he gives us the answer. Notice in verse 25, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. Now, let me just say this, and we're going to move on, but, but just to prove the point again, he says the answer is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is not the only name for Jesus. Before he was Jesus, the, he's the word. In heaven, his name is word. In his earthly ministry, he became Jesus. John 1 tells us, that, tells us that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten one of the Father, full of mercy and full of grace. Before he was Jesus, he was the Word. So Paul says, listen, I figured this battle out. I figured this, this struggle out. He says the answer is in Jesus. The answer is in the Word and then Christ, that's not Jesus' last name. That is the anointed one. So Paul is actually giving you an answer right there. Paul is saying, hey, I figured this struggle out. I figured this conflict out. It's the same thing we see in Romans. It's the same thing we see in James. Receive the implanted word. Get the anointed word into your That's the answer. And, and can I tell you, that's why it matters what church you go to. Because not all words anointed. Come on, you better, oh, my, my, you got to be, a, that's the reason why you shouldn't be in in church. That's the reason why you should put yourself in the place where the anointed word is, because the anointed word, come on, is your answer. Let's see if we can, come on, we're almost done. So thank God the answer, the answer, I got the answer. Paul says, I have the answer. I'm getting ready to deal away with my misery. He says, so then with the mind, catch this, I myself serve the law of God. 
but with the flesh, the law of sin. What? What? Did, did you hear that? I thought we served God with our spirit. That's what I was always taught. But according to that, we don't serve God with our spirit. You worship God with your spirit. But Paul says, I figured this thing out. The answer to this problem is you've got to serve God with your mind. In other words, whoo, in other words, if you're going to serve God who lives on the inside of you that desires to do everything that God wants, then the only way you're going to do that is if your soul serves. And, 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 and the sinful nature that, that's in your flesh, that will always be in your flesh till you get to heaven, this thing you're going to have to lug around, it's always going to be sending signals. And the way you serve your flesh is what? For your mind to serve. You'll never do what your flesh wants to do if your mind is not in agreement with your flesh. And you will always do what God wants you to do if your mind is in agreement oh, to your spirit. So you can see the war that's going on. This one's fighting for your, your, your head, and this one's fighting for your head because the Bible says where your head goes is where your life goes. Where's that at? In Proverbs, it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks where your head goes, it's the head. That's the reason why. You, they, they, in football, they, they don't, you, you'll get a penalty for a face mask. Why? Because if you grab that face mask, you'll drag that head, and where that head goes, that body will come. Where your head goes is where your life goes. So now your spirit, man, that loves God, wants to do what God wants, is sending signals. And this guy has never stopped sending signals. And Paul says, I got the answer. Whichever one this guy serves, my mind, my will, whichever one this serves is where my life is going to go. Are you with? Are you with? So what you've got to do, you've got to get a divorce from your flesh. And you've got to get over here and marry your spirit, man. And you've got to program this. Oh, Jesus. You've got to keep programming your mind. You've got to keep saving your mind. You never quit saving your mind. You have to have a relationship with that Bible day in and day out. You've got to meditate in the law of God. The Bible says if you'll meditate in my word day and night, then you will succeed in every area of your life. So... So I wrap it up with this, just, just, just to conclude, because Paul says, I, I found the answer. Here's the answer. Here, here's my struggle. I thought, I thought this guy was taken care of when I got saved, but he's, a, he's just, he's just, he's just, he's, 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 this guy can flush your life down the toilet all by itself before supper time tonight. This guy has to be managed. This guy has to be controlled. You have to get a divorce from him. And now I begin to, I begin to grow my mind. I begin, to, I begin to plant word into my mind. I begin to renew my mind. Notice what it says here. You must be on good behavior because we're going further than we did in the first service. What I'm getting ready to say is going to help you. So Paul says in verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds 
of the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want. So God's Word says there is peace available, but peace is only available to those who set their minds on the Spirit. Again, Paul says, if you're going to serve God, you're going to have to do it with your mind. And then Paul goes on to say, here's the answer. Whatever you set your mind, where there's a mindset. Whatever you set your mind on is going to determine whether or not you have life and peace. Did you know in the Bible that word set is a medical term? Um, when I was a teenager, I actually broke four of my toes. <laughs> a little embarrassing, huh? I was playing basketball without shoes, and I actually broke all four of my toes on my right foot. Now, if you've ever seen my to toes, they're kind of scary because they kind of look like E.T. fingers. They're, they're really big. I mean, we have to keep shoes on for a reason. I broke all four toes. Now, I don't know if this is medically correct. I didn't, I didn't check in with the doctors here. Uh, but I know my experience and I know what I heard. Now, when the doctor was, was setting the bones in those toes, oh, dear Jesus. Seems like it was yesterday. I could hear myself screaming right now. Setting those bones and then taping them. And, and because you can't put you can't put a cask on toe, toes, you can't put a cask on on toes. So, so they wrapped them and they bandaged them, bandaged my whole foot and my ankle. And, and, and the doctor, I'll never forget it as a teenager. He looked at me and he said, "Listen," he said, "I've set those bones and we've got them bandaged and we've got them we've got them all packaged up." He says, "He says those bones will be stronger than they than they ever were before once they heal." Now, I don't know if that's medically true. I may not be. But for sake of this, this sermon today, it's going to be true. God said, God said, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things, and those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is peace. For those who set, 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 that's a medical term. When God used that word, it's a medical. When God said, those who set their minds on the spirit, the word spirit, the, in fact, the word, the, the, the word for the word is spirit in life. So, so, so you can actually say those who set their minds on the spirit is actually, again, the word of God. Because the word of God is spirit. So, so those who set their minds on the, the word, when Jesus, when God used the word set, a medical term, you know what he was doing? He was acknowledging that your mind is broken. Come on, that's the beauty of your God. He knows your mind is broken. And what he says is if you'll go get some word and you'll get your mind on that word, wherever your mind is broken in that area, it'll reset. It'll, it'll set that bone. It'll, it'll set that idea. It'll set that truth. 
So people are broken in their marriage. What do they need to do? They need to go get a mindset. They need something that's broken, fixed. So you go get the word of God on marriages, and all of a sudden that word sets that mind. It sets, and all of a sudden out of that new mindset, I can live a life of life and peace. Somebody shout. Somebody thank God. Why don't you stand to your feet? Nobody leaving, please. Nobody running out. God says, I know your mind's broken. I know there's a struggle going on. I know your flesh is trying to ruin your life before sundown. But I've recreated your spirit and you are now righteous. And what I need you to do is I need you to take your broken mind and I need you to take that mind to the Word of God and reset everything that is broken so that you could begin to live a life of peace without the struggle. And you know what happens when you do that? These two get married and the, and the power of this guy gets diminished. You're able to control... You're able to dominate. You're able to instruct. In fact, the Bible says you can get such a place in, in this marriage that even the senses of this guy starts desiring and acting like God. It'll start saying, hey, let's go to church because it's programmed. It's, it's got a memory in it. Somebody shout. The, somebody shout the answer is in the word. You need a relationship with the Word. If you stay broken, the struggle will continue. Does this help anybody? Does this help anybody? Woo! Paul says, I'm miserable. I'm frustrated. This ain't no way to live. But thank God he didn't stop in chapter 7, and some of us have stopped in the story of our life, and we never graduated to chapter 8 to find that there is a life of peace. I'm here to tell you there's a life of peace, but don't make, oh, Jesus, don't make Christianity a simple prayer. And that's what we've sold it. Just say a prayer and go to heaven. Well, you can go to heaven, but you're going to live like hell and be miserable here on earth. And that is no way to live when Jesus died, not for him, not only for eternity, but he died to give you abundant life right here, right now, in your marriage, in your family. Come on, let's sign up for that. So, Father, we receive your truth today. And I feel like I'm just yelling here. <laughs> God, let this go deep on the inside of us. Let it bring help. Let it bring understanding. Thank you, Lord, that, that you've given us the way. You've given us the instruction. You've given us the help to live the life you have for us to live. God, I bless these people. I bless this work today to get on the inside of them and to grow. God, let our broken minds become stronger than they ever have been through your word. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.